My name is Jake McLean, and you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hey there, friends. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I am joined by my friend, Jim Fry, who currently serves as the assistant director for new student programs at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Welcome, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Oh my god, I am living the dream. Of course, I expect nothing less. Right, right. The listeners don't know this, but I haven't seen Jim Fry in... uh, uh, a long minute. Uh, this so, like eight months now. Oh my god, too long, too long, too, sir. Too, too, too long. Uh, and so I'm excited to have you on the show. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. Oh yeah, absolutely. Jim and I were talking uh, about uh, before we started recording. We were talking about my podcast, like intro music, uh, and I've gotten this like question a couple of times. Uh, it's not really the ask Jake question I was going for, uh, but uh, people have been asking about uh, how I came to choose that particular song for my intro as if it's just chilling in a library waiting. But actually, uh, so I don't know if you, Jim, have ever watched uh, Shane Dawson videos on YouTube. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, my first introduction to Shane uh, was... Uh, his, uh, I pay people to do weird things on Fiverr. <laughs> and okay, yeah. and yeah. ever since then, I was like, oh my God, you know, one day I'm going to pay somebody on Fiverr to, uh, do something weird for me. And so, uh, shout out to Fiverr.com. Uh, not, not a sponsor yet. <laughs> uh, and so, disclaimer, not a sponsor. Uh, so I had, uh, this idea to like have somebody like pay somebody to do podcast music for me. And so I was like, all right, I just, I got to find somebody who will do it for five bucks. And, uh, to my dismay, there was nobody that would just do it for $5. Uh, cause you know, like if I ever want to get like sponsored or, uh, have like, you know, have a podcast that is for commercial use, I have to like pay more money. And so right. I was like, okay. So for $37, this guy was like, I will make anything you want. Just tell me tell me what you want. Give me some links to some songs that, you know, you draw your inspiration from, and I'll make an original for you. It's like dope. So I, uh, I was like, all right, I want something kind of like smooth, like upbeat and jazzy. And uh, he was like, all right, here it is. What do you think? I was like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, my true reaction that I'll cut out of this. This, this yeah, I was like, yeah, cool. I feel like I'm gonna go like disco, uh, dance, whatever people did to disco. She be wearing uh, some white bell bottoms, some and, platform uh, shoes, just have a mustache. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but no, uh, really, the uh, true MVP is Camillo GP on Fiverr.com, uh, otherwise known as Master Service on Fiverr. Uh, not a sponsor. Uh, but, uh, so that was my adventure, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever used Fiverr, but I definitely recommend it. I haven't. I've heard it, but I've never used it before. I've heard from a lot of people that have though. And yeah, gotten great things out of it. And some things that are like, 
okay. (laughs) Yeah. Mainly good. Mainly good. Yeah. I, uh, so I had, though my cover art for my podcast was also made from somebody on Fiverr and that was a great experience. But I'll tell you the weirdest experience I ever had uh, on Fiverr was when, uh, like, I paid somebody $10 to make a, uh, like, 90s sitcom version of, like, an intro for Wackerly Wednesdays. So we would do, like, some sort of, like, ad during the 1853 podcast, uh, which is the college-sponsored podcast. Not a sponsor. Uh, And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's the theme of this episode, I think. So I provided him lyrics uh, from any of his like example videos, uh, like no accent in his singing of the lyrics. And so I was like, okay, here's what it is. And then what followed was possibly the funniest like mistake I ever made on Fiverr. He did great work. Like the quality of his work was great. I was just thrown off because... I didn't know he had an accent. And so when I listened to it, I couldn't understand a single lyric. And so I I remember you coming to share that and me going, I'm not sure what I'm listening to right now (laughs) (laughs) because the accent was so heavy. It was like, uh, well, and you know, to be fair, uh, Wackerly, if like you're reading it off of, uh, you know, a screen, a paper, like it's, it's a, it's a tough word right. if you don't know. And so, uh, yeah, I think the dilemma for like the next couple of weeks that ensued was like, is he saying broccoli? Is it walkerly? <laughs> like, what is it? And I was like, I don't know, but get your five. Yeah. Then it became, then it became a flex dollar challenge. Like you can earn, you can earn <laughs> campus dollars if you can determine the lyrics used in this song. Uh, and yeah. Yes. Anyway, so there's my Fiverr story. I usually don't talk this much uh, in the intro, but... Uh, but <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate the Fiverr story. I think we've added so much yeah, context. Right. Uh, it's like, tell the listeners your why. Uh, <laughs> well, there's my how, but whatever. Uh, right. So, um, so Jim, uh, let's uh, put this back to you. Enough about me. Uh, tell uh, the listeners who don't know you a little bit about yourself. Ooh, straight to the to the interview question. Um, well, I guess you know I'm thinking back to when we first met. Um, I started out at Monmouth College as the assistant director of campus events and a hall director. And my first year out of grad school, went to Western Illinois University for college student personnel work. Um, and my first year out of grad school, got a job at Monmouth College. And who was my first RA that I met as a hall director? None other than Jake McLean. Um, do you remember that meeting, Jake McLean? I do. Yeah. Uh, I was... Uh... The previous hall director, I like had gotten to know decently, and then one day she was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm leaving." I was like, "Oh, okay." So then they were like, "Yeah, we hired a new guy," and I was like, "Oh, thanks for you know, I was here, but you know, thanks for asking for my input." Um, uh, so I was like, "Oh no, this new hall director, I don't know him. Uh, like he's gotta like me. Uh, I have to be the best RA." 
Uh, and so it was like the day I think that you were like getting settled or whatever, uh, into founders. And I like walked up to you and I was like, Hey, are you Jim Fry? I'm Jake McLean. What up, man? Welcome. And it was, it was such like a formal handshake and just eye contact. And you were like, I, I'm making a good impression right now. You yeah, were ready. Was, you were ready. Yeah, I was. I was like, all that work in the career center is about to pay off right here. <laughs> but no, so, I mean, yeah, did about three and a half years in, in that position. Um, and then when our, our VP of student affairs retired after 30 years, um, got tapped to take on the role of associate director of residence life and did that for about two years. And then felt it was a uh, time for a change and, um, did some searching, and I ended up uh, down here at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign in uh, back-in-orientation work, which I started out in. So it's it's kind of uh, neat to be back in the orientation world and the the student success and engagement side of things again. So Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Oh, shucks. I miss you all, though. I miss you all like crazy. I know we had like a, ha- a hashtag I wish could have got trending because uh, when you left, we were all like for everything that popped up. It was like, thanks, Jim. <laughs> like <laughs> the on call rotation. You get it like two, three times over the summer. I was like, oh, OK, cool, 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 cool. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> I was going to say for for any of your podcast listeners, um, Max Sizer sent me a picture of the on Scott's on call rotation. Um, and it was a hashtag. Thanks Jim. But my picture was Gollum from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) So I could tell there's a little animosity there. Little little do you know, it was the picture wasn't supposed to be you. It was supposed to be us. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) That's just like, like what dang. what what you look like after a tough week on call. And it was just like <laughs> legitimate. Yeah. So oh man. But no, uh we were all happy for you and uh we we know you you like your new place and you know you miss us, but you know, you don't miss us. <laughs> we, I miss, I miss the people, but there's there's some good opportunities down here yeah. that I'm taking advantage of and uh Learn a lot as always, but and that's part of the process is just learn as much as you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to, uh, so you, uh, born yeah. and raised in Monmouth, right? Yeah. Well, no, born no? in uh, Peoria. What? Um, I didn't know that. I thought you were well, just always in Monmouth. Well, fun fact. I was, I guess, I don't know. I always say I was born in Peoria, but my parents lived in Monmouth. They were just, I just was, my mom was taken to Peoria. So, because fun fact, I was born three months early. Oh, God. So, I was born, I couldn't, I couldn't. I was ready to face the world and all of its joys and challenges. Um, But yeah, three months early, was supposed to be born December 31st, ended up coming beginning of October, and just... (laughs) Laughed all the way out. Um, but <laughs> what a visual! <laughs> I know that could be a disturbing visual for for many people. But um, no, I mean, yeah, 
Peoria, but born, uh, uh, but raised in Monmouth and, um, you know, grew up that Monmouth life and have attended many, a, many a prime beef festival, um, over the course of the years. And so, yeah, honestly, I, I lived most of the time in Monmouth, uh, besides grad school and then now in Champaign. So it's definitely a change. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know Monmouth, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty small town. It's a, <laughs> well, I mean, not compared to where I'm living now, which is like 850 people, but, uh, but no, 10,000. And for a lot of people, they would consider that small. Yeah. I, I say that to people down here in Champaign and in Urbana and they're like, wow, really? That's a small town. It's like, yeah, you know, we didn't have much during the summer <laughs> to do. So, I mean, it ended up just being like running through people's backyards and then like getting a refrigerator box and using wax paper and then sliding down it <laughs> as, as fast as you could go um, with an occasional trip to the pool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the simple life, the simple things in life. That's right. That's right. So uh, <laughs> what do you uh, – like obviously great opportunities opened up and – led you to make a change but could you talk yeah. maybe a little bit more about the uh transition from small monmouth life to now your work uh at the university of illinois yeah for sure um i'll be honest with you i i was nervous you know i i had gone through uh the job search process and, and had on-campus interviews at a little larger schools than than Monmouth and um, had been, you know, top top three or top two candidate for on-campus interviews. Um, but a thing that kept coming back was they worried about my transition um, from a small school to a big school. Um, they they liked who I was, they liked what I could bring to the table, but they were worried about that transition. Um, and so I, I'll be honest, when I got the call. Um, from the University of Illinois that I, I was being offered the job, I, I was surprised. I was actually pretty shocked. My my uh, associate director down here is the one who gave me the call, and she goes, I could tell over the phone you were shocked that you got this job. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I knew I did well in the interview, but I didn't expect it. But, yeah, definitely I think um, it, it takes you back when you're going from a school of – 1400 to a school of 50,000 um, and, and trying to figure out, okay, what that dynamic is going to be like. But, you know, for me, I, I approach it as I'm doing the same job I was doing at Monmouth. Um, you know, I'm still working with students. I'm still working with other professionals and, and professors across multiple disciplines. And I just got to be me. And the only thing that's changing is the amount of students or the amount and size of the programming that I do. So for me, I think it was mainly just the hardest transition I saw was, you know, getting used to the, the big dynamic in terms of how to connect with people across functional areas. Um, you know, a smaller school, it's a little easier to do. You know, you know people by name. 
um, and you interact with them most every day. Um, here, it's a little bit more difficult. You've got to make a little bit more effort um, to seek out those collaborations and, and find those people that um, you know you can work with and trust and, and know they're going to have your back and, and you can put on some great programs for your students. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I'll be honest, it was a little scary in the beginning, but I think, you know, now being here seven months now, um, it has really, really turned into more of a challenge um, in a good way for me to kind of see what more I can do as a professional. And, you know, I just continue to be me and, and do the work I was doing before and, and create the connections with students and colleagues. Um, it's just on a larger scale. And so I would say that overall initial, okay, I'm not, uh, you know, quote, unquote, not, not in Kansas anymore type thing. But no, I'm, I mean, it's been a blast though. The transition has been great. Um, definitely new dynamic for sure. But um, I've, I've had a blast so far. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. What an inspiration. <laughs> you, you make it kind. sound so e e seriously no i'm i'm being serious well i mean maybe i'm exaggerating it a little <laughs> bit uh but uh you know you always hear like horror stories like oh my god what the hell have i gotten myself into uh and so uh it's just uh it's interesting to hear that perspective yeah i mean i think you know any transition you're in it's it's you know in the higher education world, we always talk about student transition, but a lot of times we forget that a lot of us, whether we move to a smaller school or a bigger school or a mid-sized institution, it's it's an adjustment and a transition for us. And so I think you just have to remember that you take it one step at a time. And you know, and I think I've said this to you multiple times. Like my mantra is, "Don't miss out on something great just because it's hard." And so don't don't miss out on the great opportunities because it's going to be a little hard at first and and it was I, I think the first few months i was going you know what did i get myself into and you know is this the right uh, move for me but i'm finding areas where i'm challenging myself and areas where i'm contributing and and you know bringing what i have to the table and, and making it unique so um it's uh it's experience. It's a challenge, but it's it's fun along the way. I think you learn you learn to love it. I'll say that you learn to love uh, the ups and downs that come with it. Yeah, I um, I seriously, I still don't think I could imagine uh, <laughs> yet. I mean, for now, uh, it's uh, but you know, you were the you were the guy <clears throat> who like. Uh, reaffirmed that I should be uh, doing uh, higher ed work uh, working with students and so it's no surprise to me that uh, you have uh, found like or that you're in this mindset uh, as you're going so oh, kudos to you Jim Fry thank you. I never knew that that's, that's nice thank you sir yeah I mean because it's like it was so easy to get like scared out of working in higher ed because it's like you're never going to be a millionaire. Uh, and <laughs> so, never gonna uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> you need the big city life. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like I'm uh, a chronic smoker or anything, but, uh, but no. So it was like, you know, working uh, as your 
uh, RA while you were the hall director. Then uh, when I graduated and became your colleague, uh, you know, it was just uh, fun to work with you. And uh, the way you approach students, you weren't like, yeah, everything was backed with theory and stuff like that, but you didn't like pour it down somebody's throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're just, just the, the Mr. Feeney we all needed. <laughs> oh, Mr. Feeney. Gotta love a Boy Meets World reference. Right. I did that special for you. <laughs> they want you to take the roles. They want you to take the roles. I was going to say, but uh, I will say, you know, on my end of things, you know, like, thank you for, you know, the nice comments and, and everything like that. But the, the cool part for me, and it's always kind of sounded cheesy and everyone's like, you know, why are you in this field? And it really is for the student and, and the connections I can make and how can I make that experience the best it can be for the student um, I'm working with and, and the students that I make connections with. But bringing that up, you know, moving from a student to a colleague, that's probably the coolest um, experience I've had is is having the opportunity to one um you know have someone who was a student of mine then become you know a, a very close friend and colleague at the same time and seeing you kind of come into your own in in the student affairs world and and make your own mark and so for me and I sound like I'm ancient right now <laughs> but it's so oh, it's so good to see you come into your elements. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, Tear. Yeah, thank thank God we're not doing video because I think if we were making eye contact with each other, we'd just be bawling our eyes out. <laughs> and then that that would take the the whole laughs part of the podcast title just out. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but no, thank you. Uh, it's uh, it was a it was a wild ride, and so. Uh, one one day we have to have a reunion. Uh, yeah, it needs to happen. I'm all for it. Uh, luckily, I'm in the same town your parents are in, so I know I'll see you soon. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I'll stop by. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, or you know I'll make a trip to go see you. Uh, quick say I will take visitors gladly. <laughs> Watch out, because uh, Erica, Max, John, and I are just gonna be like, burr, burr. hey Jim. Uh, and we're just gonna show Come up. Come on down. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I mean, I've got a couch, air mattress. So nice. more than welcome. Nice. Uh, so uh, one of the things I like to do is ask my questions way out of order. Uh, and so okay. uh, you know, I always want to make time to fool around uh, and have like nerding out about things. Oh. Okay. Uh, and so uh, you know, I open it up for whatever. Because you you never know where I'm gonna go, uh, and so uh, it's a mystery. Yeah. So my classic interview question to like tie this in is, uh, what are you doing? Uh, so obviously, there's more to do in Urbana-Champaign area than there is in Monmouth, and we've gone over that already. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, so what are those? Uh, what kind of things do you get to do now in your spare time? Oh gosh. Um... Spare time, I would say, I'm a coffee fanatic, so um, the amount of coffee shops that are located in Champaign-Urbana, um, I have not even been to all of them yet. There are just so many, which I'm so happy about, and clearly caffeinated on a daily. Um, 
So I, I do a lot of like brainstorming and work and reading in coffee shops um, and attending a lot of the university events. So um, whether that's uh, a basketball game in State Farm Center, I've been to a few football games. Um, I'm hoping to get to one of the uh, Illinois has like one of the best gymnastics teams um, in the country. So a lot of like Olympians have come from the U of I uh, program. So I'm hoping to get to maybe a couple of gymnastics meets at some point, but not a sponsor. Otherwise just find not a sponsor. sponsor. Yeah. Um, But yeah, otherwise just kind of trying to get involved with the community a lot. Um, I'm right now actually uh, a colleague in fraternity and sorority affairs here. Um, and asked if I'd be interested in, in joining a, a leadership uh, committee for United Way. So kind of thinking about just getting involved in, in some parts of the community and, and seeing what's out there. I mean, I've looked into Big Brothers, Big Sisters here. Um, you know, there's just a lot of different opportunities. There's a ton of music festivals uh, that go on all throughout the year. Um, farmers markets, you name it. Um but a, a lot, you know, different concerts that come to to the area. There's a lot that's going on down here that I think I wasn't even quite aware of when I moved down. But yeah, for me, just embracing it all. I think the hardest thing is trying to find out everything that's going on at a given time. So I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between Google and Facebook and Instagram and just everything trying to figure out what all is happening on a weekend in Champaign-Urbana but um god what is what is that life like my god right uh it's <laughs> like you 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 a little overwhelming at first yeah <laughs> i bet you know you you crack open the review atlas and and the calendar of events is right <laughs> there it's like maybe got a column inch and then that's it right uh, right so uh, but I will say, I was back for the holidays, and I was happy to see Mama's got a donut shop again and a coffee shop that's opened up. Oh, my God. You would love both of those. Uh, I went to— I went. I went. You went? You went to both? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, yes. My mom was like, I need somebody to go with. And so I was like, sure, why not? I will go. I went to the uh, donut shop and uh, the coffee shop. But, you know, the problem is I can never get there— when they open. So I have to go like midday, mm-hmm. um, of course. Uh, and so, um, I was out doing some, uh, good work, uh, connecting with community partners and uh, whatnot. And I was out with Max and we were like, Oh my God, we got to go to the new donut shop. We're out and about it's open. Let's go. But like you saw the size of the donuts. They're like huge. They are. I, and I heard, like, when they first opened, that, like, they'd sell out by 11 a.m. Yeah, I mean, I, when I went, I think I was there, um, I want to say, like, oh, God, it was, like, maybe 8.30, almost 9 o'clock, and he had been picked over because he said that he had sold, like, 40 dozen of donuts, and the man opened at 8 a.m., like, <laughs> that's a dozen a minute, like, holy moly. Uh, and that's, so that's good though. I mean, yeah, for a small town, it's great. Yeah, kudos to him because seriously, the donuts are like out of this world amazing. But uh, having said that, 
uh, a Hertz Donuts just opened in the Quad Cities. And so, uh, not, I saw that too. not a sponsor, uh, but there's, uh, um, yeah, I haven't tried it yet. And so I need to get up there and, and do so because I like donuts, but I really need to stop liking donuts. So it's a real conundrum, but I'm, I'm ready for science, uh, to try it. <laughs> Don't we all need to stop liking donuts? But, <laughs> yeah, you know, for real. Then, then I would feel bad for the bakers of this country and the donut industry as a whole. And I, you know, I can't let them down. Mm. A- a- amen. Testify Jim Fry. <laughs> Testify. Uh, so, um, maybe this is more serious. We can lighten it up to after, uh, okay. uh, thinking about your time at the U of I so far. Uh, cause, mm-hmm. uh, cause it's almost going right on like a full year, like pretty, pretty yeah, close. I'm- I'm right at the close to eight month mark. Yeah. So what has been kind of the, uh, the highlight for you being there? I think I'll go back to a little bit of the cliche answer maybe for student affairs, but honestly, it's, it's the students I work with, you know, there's, there's so much opportunity for the types of programs you can do here. But, um, in, in my role, um, I mainly work with first generation and uh, first generation college students and transfer students. Um, and then I help out with our welcome days and regular orientation and also international student orientation. But um, my main group I work with is, is transfer and first generation students. And it's really, I, I have a great group of Illini transfer ambassadors um, that are legitimately rock stars. Like the initiative that they take, um, the the opportunities to, to challenge me, um, the opportunities to laugh that I can have with them and and challenge them in their thinking and their approach to things has been phenomenal so far. Um, and so for me, it, it's the cliche answer of the students are ha, you know have been the highlight for me, making those connections and, and just figuring out what, what are their priorities and what do they find interesting and what do they find as a motivation as they're working on a program. Um, and, and it's different. I, I will say it's, it's different than the motivation you'd find from mama students. Uh, it's probably a different motivation that you'd find from students uh, you know, at schools in California or, you know, New England, whatever. Um, I think each institution brings a different set of perspectives and, and, and motivations for students. And, you know, having seen and gotten to work with some really great students at Monmouth, um, I'm seeing the differences in students and, and getting to work some with some really great motivated students here as well. Um, so for me, that's been the highlight so far is just um, the opportunity to work with the students. And I, I'm in the process of creating a, a first generation uh, kind of colloquium. So um, that's kind of on, on the, the down low a little bit, but um, definitely in the, in the planning stages, uh, I'm excited to see where it, it could go um, working with our first generation college students. So that's awesome. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, actually, they did. So, unless you want me to cut that part out, 
true. <laughs> not, not a sponsor. Uh, and so, uh, uh, oh my God, I keep just distracting myself with, uh, offhanded comments, uh, like I usually do actually, you know, it's well, yeah, such, I, such is life. So was there anything like you struggled with, like either the transition or the eight months since? I think again, maybe the, the large, you know, this is a large research big 10 institution of 50,000 plus students um i'd say the biggest challenge for me is how i'm adapting to to make those connections across different departments um it takes a lot more effort here than at a smaller institution where you are constantly seeing everyone from across the division um of student affairs and in that work, um, and, and the professors, you know, you, you know, them on a name basis. Um, but here, I think that's been my biggest challenge so far is finding the right balance of, um, making sure I'm doing the work I need to get done, but I'm not, you know, spending too much time trying to make those con- actions because it takes a lot of time um so i i I did the approach of you know i asked my director here i said can i set up meetings with people in each department that we we collaborate and we work with um can i set up those meetings to get to know people and see where we can collaborate in the future and and what that looks like so for me it, it took more effort um and maybe a little bit more planning and strategic uh strategic planning to to get to meet those people um but i would say as the eight months have gone on it's you start hearing the same names over and over again i mean like oh yeah i know that person i I worked with them here or oh i need to touch base with that person because they're going to help me out with a program um for seven thousand students in the fall um and so for me that's been the biggest transition is how best do I connect with my colleagues across the division and, and create those connections and those those friendships and those uh, relationships? Um, and so it, it's required to me be required me to be a little bit more intentional um, for sure. But um, you know, it's been fun. It's 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 been nerve wracking, but it's been fun. It's just uh, again, I think you get sometimes you get comfortable in the things you're doing and you need a little bit of a challenge to, to pick you up and prove to yourself that you can do certain things. So, um, for me, I was like, well, I'm a people person, so let me, let me reach out and see what I can do. So Jim, I think we're, we're actually just almost out of time. Is there any other experiences that you've had that you're just like dying to share with the listeners? So I got to see Nick Offerman, um, who played Ron Swanson. Yeah. You know what? I was I was hoping that you'd bring that up. Yep. I was hoping that you would bring that up because I saw the Snapchats and I was jealous. Yeah. So Ron Swanson, a.k.a. Nick Offerman from uh, Parks and Recreation, um, apparently is an alum of the University of Illinois. And so he did like Kabuki Theater down here um, and studied with... Uh, 
uh, a professor down here and has like kept really good connections with him. And um, there's a place called the Japan House here, which really highlights Japanese culture and, um, you know, kabuki theater and, and tea ceremonies and traditional um, calligraphy writing and things like that. And so he was a big proponent of that. So he decided to come back and do um, a show in town, um, a big show in town, and then a big show on campus for students. Um, and all proceeds went to um, renovations and new construction for Japan House because it meant so much to him during his time here um, at University of Illinois. And I was like, how cool is that? Like, not only are you absolutely hilarious, you're doing good. You're doing good stuff. Yeah, you know, I uh, I was a big fan of Nick Offerman because of his role as Ron Swanson. Um, and so, so much so that I downloaded his audio book, well, his actual yep. book, like Paddle Your Own Canoe. Uh, I don't know if you've read it, but I, so I downloaded the audiobook version and I would listen to it. I think we like went on a road trip or something and that was playing, but he talks about his time at uh, the university of Illinois and getting into a bunch of like Tom Fullery <laughs> with his theater pals. Yeah. And, uh, like, I mean, oh my God, uh, it's hilarious because he narrates the book. And so it's just like, <laughs> I'm like an evening with Nick Offerman, but in my car. Uh, and so, uh, it was, uh, so cool uh, to hear that that's what he was doing when he was uh, in town uh, when you saw him uh, because I was like, oh my God, I like, I felt like a super, like, like a super fan. I was like, Ooh, I knew that. I knew he did that. Um, and so, well, and like the hardest part though, and like he came out on stage and he goes, I am not Ron Swanson. Like he has a, his special song that he wrote. that says I'm not Ron, Ron Swanson because Looking at him, I mean, he, he's like shaved his head and he still has like a beard and everything, but it's a longer beard. Um, but I can't not look at him and think, hi, Ron Swanson, how are you? You know? Right. It's so difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I watched something like after Parks and Rec was over, uh, he like did an interview where he talked about like, uh, he had to like completely change his appearance because he didn't want to get typecasted <laughs> as like the hard ass that he plays in uh, right. Parks and Rec. And so uh, he even mentions like Ron Swanson's diet, like in his book, he's like, you cannot survive on just uh, being a carnivore. You need, so you need some greens in your <laughs> diet. And so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I did not do that justice at all. So sorry, Nick Offerman. Uh, but if you want to be a sponsor, I can totally uh, get it right please, next time. Please be my friend. Please uh, Nick Offerman. Friend. So, yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's my plea. Uh, but no. So uh, yeah. So it was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah. How awesome. I was so jealous when I saw <laughs> the Snapchats. I was like, ah, I'm like, just. Be present in that moment and enjoy it so much, but also record it the whole time. I want to see. And uh, I took like a few pictures like so. beforehand and stuff like that, but I was like, I can't take. And like some people around me were taking Snapchat videos, like while he was performing. And I was like, I can't, I can't. I just need to watch 
be yeah. in the moment. Yep. Yeah. That's totally. the way to do it. Well, I think that that is actually a perfect segue. Um, and like a good, it's a good stopping point because we're just about out of time. So Jim, thank you so much for being on the show. Not a problem. I'm glad I could be here. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. When you were like, Hey, uh, let's, uh, let's chat. I want to be on the podcast. I was like, hell yes, Jim Fry, let's go. And you were doing a podcast. Uh, I was like, hell yeah, I want to be on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was great having you on the show. Uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Remember to follow the podcasts wherever you listen to them. You can subscribe to our mail list at www.jakespeaks.org uh, to find out more about uh, what the show's uh, what's what's going on with the show uh, or anything about my speaking and coaching services. Uh, you can also just follow me on Twitter at MC Leadership Guy. Until next time, take care.